Welcome to the Garage Cast, a weekly podcast focused on innovation, education, and strategy. Hosted by Michael Iani Polarchio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Garage Cast. It is Friday, June the 16th. Welcome to episode 33. I am your host, Michael Iani Polarchio. Those of you who know me, I am the head of innovation and strategic projects here at Branksom Hall. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a longtime consultant, tech geek, and nerd, serial entrepreneur. In the last seven and a half years, I've had various roles here at Branksom Hall beginning as their director of technology and innovation and the last number of years, head of innovation and strategic projects, as you just heard me say. And today's show, we will call this the AI episode. There's a lot to talk about in the area of artificial intelligence and connecting it, of course, to education as well. I just want to talk a little bit about student engagement. We'll also talk about a special guest speaker we just had The school year just wrapped itself up for us. We've had some great closing ceremonies and we had a a just terrific speaker that spoke to students yesterday at an event called Green Carpet and it relates to artificial intelligence as well. So there's our common theme across all the segments. So thanks for joining. Buckle up. Here we go. It's hard to believe that the school year has come to an end. Our students, both in the junior school and the middle and senior school, are all wrapped up. We had some lovely closing ceremonies early in the week for the junior school. A shout out to all the junior school um, employees, uh, teachers, and non-teaching staff that put together such an amazing closing ceremony for those students. Hats off to you, Emily McLean, the head of our junior school, not only for just such a, a meaningful and and special event for the students, but for everything that you've done this year in the junior school. The transformation uh, around innovation this year has continued and has been outstanding. We also had our middle and senior school students wrap up yesterday and we always have an event called the green carpet event it's an event that celebrates the end of the school year sort of closes out the school year there are awards that are um, announced and distributed to students various academic awards co-curricular awards and we always have uh, a guest speaker and it was nice because uh, over the last number of years this event has had to have been virtual understandably, because of COVID. But yesterday, uh, we were all together, and we had this outstanding keynote speaker that spoke to the students. And I want to just talk a little bit about some reflections I've had or some takeaways that I've had. Um, The speaker is Dr. Raquel Urteson, and she's a really interesting um, woman in the area of artificial intelligence. 
She co-founded the Vector Institute here in Toronto, and the Vector Institute is a leading uh, organization in the area of artificial intelligence. Toronto, for those of you who are listening to this podcast from parts far away, um, is a hub of artificial intelligence innovation. Leaders within the AI community have come from Toronto, and the Vector Institute is an example of that. And Dr. Urchison, she spoke to the students yesterday not so much about artificial intelligence itself, though there was a little bit in there which I found super cool. But what she talked about was her journey. What was that learning journey for her? How did she get to where she is? Co-founder of um, uh, the Vector Institute, as I talked about, also uh, created her own company most recently, uh, in the area of self-driving um, trucks, transport trucks, a company called Wabi. And she spoke to the students about her journey. She talked about what did she like when she was in high school. And I thought this was so good because it reinforces for the students to focus on just areas of interest, areas of passion, areas of curiosity. Uh, she had a fun slide up that kind of depicted her, her four areas of interest when she was a young person, a young learner. She loved math uh, and she had a love of physics as a subject. Um, she was involved in sports. Uh, she talked about soccer and basketball. I love that she had a little um, icon on this slide or a little picture of uh, Super Mario she loved playing video games. Uh, and obviously, I, I, I love playing video games. I have a huge uh, uh, bias in that area because I've been playing games um, since I was very young. Uh, my oldest daughter is a video game developer. Those of you who have listened to some of the earlier episodes of the GarageCast know that she's currently doing her PhD, her doctorate. So I've always felt that uh, video games offer something quite interesting to young people um, uh, in terms of developmental skills, but it also can lead to some pretty interesting career choices. So um, this AR, AI expert, Raquel, she, she talked about her love of games and she talked about her love of reading, just soaking up um, uh, information and new knowledge. And as she addressed the students, she talked about you know, what she did as she, as she uh, left high school and went on to do uh, her bachelor's. She's originally from Spain. Um, and then she went on to do her, her master's and ultimately she did her PhD uh, in Switzerland. And what was lovely that she had some slides that sort of accompanied her, her, her speech. And she highlighted the first thing on the, on the slide around her PhD she had a big title around just loving research. The first bullet point said creativity. I, I was just so happy to see this because you'll remember we talked about in a past episode uh, the importance of an arts education. And here again, on her slide, not only the first bullet point, but bolded was the single word creativity. 
And we know that, of course, artists embody that and an arts education allows that to develop in young people. We know that from a design perspective, an innovation mindset perspective, you need to be creative. And here it was as part of her journey. What I loved as well was the second bullet point. Um, I sort of captured a, a few notes while I was listening to her. She wanted to, quote unquote, marry passion for artificial intelligence and graphics and games. So again, you see the game piece. Um, <clears throat> and she did her doctorate. Uh, the topic of her, of her dissertation was AI for understanding human motion, which is quite interesting. And so what's, what's nice to see here is that the learning journey, it wasn't a straight line. It, it took interesting kind of turns. And even where she focused her, her PhD studies in this area of artificial intelligence for understanding human motion took her into sort of different areas of her career. Wabi itself, you know, is using artificial intelligence. Uh, she wanted to create something that she spotted a problem during the pandemic, which was interruption to supply chains, products that couldn't get to stores, products that couldn't be picked up at manufacturing locations. And so it was really interesting to see that entrepreneurial piece there. You identify a problem and you start to come up with a solution and you start to um, come up with that unique value proposition. And as she talked about her current venture, and things that she had developed across her, her journey. She had pursuit of excellence, so striving for excellence, however you define that, but ensuring that that definition of excellence did not include perfection. There is a difference to striving for excellence, to aspire for this future state that you envision without getting caught in this trap of things needing to be perfect. Because right under pursuit of excellence on the slide that anchored this part of her discussion, she had as the second bullet point of, of something that she developed over her 25 years of experience was grit. She had the word grit there and never giving up. Right? And this is something we have talked about many times here on the GarageCast as, as an important element that we are developing in our girls as part of the innovator's mindset that quote-unquote failure is simply the compost you use for the next thing you embark on. And you couple that that mindset with grit. I liked as well that she emphasized the importance of diversity of opinions as something she recognized and reflected in her own journey that has brought her success across all the things that she's done. She talked about approaching things humbly and she put on the slide and she said, with no ego. You know, the innovator has to have that 
beginner's mindset is the expression I've used before and I continue to use. You've got to kind of go into things always sort of recognizing that there's more to learn, that there's others around us with unique experiences and knowledge and skills that we don't know at all and we can't do it all. And that if we really couple this idea of the importance of diverse opinions and diverse experiences, diverse skills, diverse perspectives, we couple that with going into situations humbly, setting our ego aside. It allows us to really unlock innovation. And the last bullet point on that particular part of her talk was continuous learning. That her learning is an ongoing journey. It wasn't just what she did in high school and then what she did in her undergrad and you know, once she finished her PhD, the, the learning is done. Recognizing that continuous learning is just so important as a part of um, that journey. And I could see as I watched the, the students were super engaged, lots of nodding heads, lots of kids looking at each other, smiling, nodding, lots of kids leaning over and whispering. And I also, you know, I was watching from the back. And so it, um, it was interesting to watch the adults in our community as well and how this resonated with them. And I, I had the opportunity last night after the green carpet event to um, have dinner with my design department, uh, end of the year sort of celebration uh, dinner. This year I was the, the uh, we call them instructional leaders. It's like a department head um, for the design and technology department at the school. And we went out for dinner and all these educators just so excited by what they heard and that this guest speaker you know, what she had to say really resonated. And at the end, she had a simple slide to wrap up her speech. And she spoke to the students directly with her advice. My advice to you. And she said, find your passion. So where she started with that slide around the things she was interested in as a young person, she was speaking to the girls the students in the audience listening to her and she's selling them, find your passion. And the second bullet point, make your opportunities. And I love this because as part of our innovation agenda and the creation of Noodle, our business accelerator program, you know, we're, we're trying to teach girls to become entrepreneurs. But that doesn't mean that each and every one of them needs to be an entrepreneur. Some of them will be, some of them won't. But this point that Raquel made to the students about make your opportunities. Don't wait for them. Don't expect that every opportunity is neatly packaged. She talked about in one instance where a company was looking to hire her can't remember if it was Uber, might have been Uber because she worked at Uber. She told them, if you want me to come and work for you, this is the position I want. She shaped her position. She described the position that she felt 
would be most interesting and impactful for the organization. In starting her own autonomous or self-driving trucking company, she again makes her opportunity. And that's why we want to develop these entrepreneurial skills in our girls. We want young girls to, to know, to feel, to experience that ability to make your own opportunity. She also told them to be flexible and make the best out of each opportunity, which I thought was great, and to step out of your comfort zone. It was really, really terrific. Uh, and I don't know whether um, uh, this podcast or this episode of the podcast will be heard by uh, Dr. Raquel Urteson. If you're listening, I cannot thank you enough for spending the time with our students and, and, and addressing them at Green Carpet. I so, so look forward to the possibility of connecting with you in the year to come uh, and, and look for some poten- potential synergies where we can continue to expose our students to the work you're doing, to the mindset you've developed, and the journey that you've had. It's, it's extraordinary. Uh, and so if you are listening, um, my, my profound, profound gratitude that um, you took the time to speak to our students. And for those of you who um, are in the community, you experienced it, I suspect that this will be um, something that the school, I saw that they had a film crew there and it was being recorded. If that recording um, becomes available uh, uh, and I could share it with the broader listening community, I will, I will do so. I will direct you to uh, a link because it was just so uh, amazing to hear. Uh, and I'd love to share that uh, more broadly with other educators that are listening, other schools that may be listening, uh, or other students who want to be inspired by uh, hearing what she had to say. Really tremendous. Terrific way to end off the school year. And so happy to make this the lead topic or the lead segment in this week's Garage Cast. Our second topic here today is a look at some interesting survey data that I saw. So there's a site I I read called The 74. So this is coming from uh, that particular site. Um, And they were sort of unpacking some data from a Gallup poll that was done in the U.S. um, looking at middle and high school students. And it was really sort of a a, a survey that was looking at the overall kind of grading or scoring from a student's perspective of their schools in a variety of um, areas. What I uh, take away from this, so first of all, there were over 2,000 public and private school students uh, between the ages of 12 and 18 that uh, were surveyed. Um, The article itself says, the State of America Youth Survey that was just released this past Wednesday uh, by Gallup and the Walton Foundation uh, took place um, between uh, April and May. 
And there are lots of, of positive highlights, so it's not a doom and gloom survey, but I, I wanted to focus on, on um, a particular area uh, of improvement. And when asked in and around areas of student engagement, there are some clear sort of cracks, I think, in four areas that emerge from the survey. It says, if I take again here from uh, the article which is referencing the survey, it says that middle and high schools received an average grade, a C plus, across four categories. Supporting mental health, adapting to students' learning needs, teaching about potential careers, and making students feel excited about learning. So all of these, when I sort of look at them, you know, they have to do with student engagement. The first one in and around um, um, student mental health, I think, you know, for us at the school is a part of our well wellness or our well-being um, strategic pillar. We know that for students to be able to learn effectively, holistically, they, they must be well. Those other three areas, though, really do point to student engagement, right? If you think about students being excited about uh, their learning, clearly that's student engagement, right? Feeling excited about the learning. But when you look at adapting to students' learning needs, that too drives engagement. Personalization, I've been saying this for a number of years. I've been talking about it here on the podcast. Being able to personalize the learning, how students learn, what channels they learn from, when they learn, what modalities are, are, are leveraged is, is so important because it increases student engagement. And it's interesting to see that this is an area where students are saying there's a gap, it's lacking. This aspect around teaching about potential careers, you know, it's just so nicely fits with what we were just talking about in segment one. But our guest speaker talking about her learning journey. And that learning journey then becomes her career journey. And she even said in her talk, you know, when she spoke to her guidance counselors, like, what should I do? You know, they, they kind of pointed her towards electrical engineering. We have to do better in engaging students about where life can take them, where their learning can take them. At Branksome, we look at ways to bring the outside world in. I talked about this in, in uh, last week's GarageCast when we talked about our innovation center. One of our strategic objectives one of my mandates is to find ways to connect the learning to the outside world. How do we bring outside experiences into the classroom? How do we break down the walls, the traditional walls of the classroom to connect the learning to what's happening in the world? The world is changing at exponential rates. Work is about to be redefined in a way 
we've never seen before because of artificial intelligence. And so we have to be able to teach students about potential careers. What skills, what opportunities, where do your passions potentially lead to? That has to be a part of the education process. And, and it was interesting to see this come out as part of the survey data. Students are identifying this themselves as being important. I think that, you know, it's at our peril as institutions of learning that we don't begin to adapt. And this is part of, you know, our innovation agenda, our strategic approach to innovation at the school and developing an innovator's mindset with our students. Is our attempt to begin to transform what that um, education journey looks like to address how learning uh, is changing and how students need us to adapt to what they need personally in terms of being engaged. Our students are very, very different today. Post-COVID, you know, that pandemic changed them, but that change was already coming. That change was already coming, and I think the pandemic, in a sense, accelerated some of that change that we're seeing in our students and, um, you know, what they need uh, from us and increasing engagement. Survey data shows that student engagement tends to dip as children continue to make their way through K to 12. And we have to adapt our approach as educators to ensure we keep those levels of engagement high for students. And so when I saw this survey data, I thought, what an interesting way to um, connect what we're seeing, what we're hearing from students. And again, I know this is a, a U.S. poll. I would suspect, though, that the results would be the same in Canada. How do we connect that to what we heard in segment one? Bringing that outside world, an AI specialist speaking to students, but not just about AI. You know, AI is everywhere. Um, but talking about her personal journey and exposing students. You've got students now who are sitting in the audience and having a sense of, wow, I, I never thought that could be um, a career for me, right? But also hearing how the learning journey should be flexible, how it's not a direct line, kind of speaks to this adapting to the student's learning needs. Every student's journey will be different. It will be paced differently. It will, it will, it will zig and zag differently. We know as educators already that we have diverse sets of, of learners in terms of their needs, their styles of learning, their approaches to learning. And we see from the survey data that there is work to be done broadly. And I take this away as something to reinforce and support the work that we're already doing at the school. So I wanted to highlight that for you 
You can look that up uh, for yourself if you're interested in, in delving deeper into the data. There's lots of other good stuff there um, that's not specifically rated, uh, uh, related to innovation, um, but definitely some, some interesting data to take a look at, especially if you're a school administrator, if you're a leader inside your school in some capacity, to start to, to, to unpack some of that data to give you some insight into what students broadly are saying to us. Here in segment three, we're going to shift to a tech, tech tool of the week. We haven't done that uh, in a little bit, so I thought I would tell you a little bit about a tool that I've been looking at uh, in the area of artificial intelligence, something that's very much in its infancy, something that doesn't work very well, but is very intriguing, nevertheless. You'll recall that we've talked in the past about artificial intelligence tools that allow you to generate images, a photograph, a painting, something that's visual from a text prompt. Uh, there are tools like Stable Diffusion. Uh, Midjourney is a tool that I use. Uh, there is Dall-E, number two, from OpenAI. And you've likely heard about this. You know, they're, they're, they're tools that have become increasingly sophisticated. The outputs I get from Midjourney, just from, from very detailed prompts, have been generating some... Um, photographic images that look unbelievable. I've created some, some quote-unquote art for uh, my walls, for instance, that just, they're beautiful. Um, and we've talked about these tools before. Well, there's a new set of tools that have come out, and one specifically that I've been tinkering with that I thought I'd share as an area of interest to the learning, uh, to the listening community and the learning community, I guess. <laughs> a little, little Freudian slip there. My listeners are undoubtedly learners. The tool I'm talking about is called Runway ML, and the ML stands for machine learning. It's a, it's a subset of um, sort of artificial intelligence um, circles. And what Runway does is just like you are able to in something like Midjourney or Stable Diffusion, you are able to uh, enter a text prompt and have an image. So for instance, I might say um, a photograph of the lake at a cottage with loons swimming in the distance. And something like Midjourney or Stable Diffusion will give you uh, a, a really beautiful photograph. It's become so sophisticated. Well, what Runway ML will do, same prompt, I, I would remove the word photograph, but lake at a cottage with loons in the distance swimming. Runway ML will generate from that text clip a short video clip. It's video. It's video that when you look at it is all artificially generated. And while not perfect, far from perfect, I would say at this point, I've been experimenting with it for about a week and a half. 
And the output sometimes looks quite weird. But when you look at it and you sort of reflect, that example that I've given you is one that I've done, I can see small ripples on the lake moving, uh, and I can see the loons in the distance sort of swimming across the lake. And I've done it a few times. I've, I've, I've modified the prompt a little bit because what you can do with Runway ML is create a series of video clips all based on just text input. And then using an editing tool like iMovie or Adobe Premiere or Final Cut, um, you can bring these clips in and you can edit them together to create a longer a video clip that is completely artificially generated. And so we see the next area of artificial intelligence uh, starting to emerge. And again, it's the type of thing that you can look at and say, oh, this isn't very good. Which is the same thing people said about text generating artificial intelligence a year and a half ago when I demonstrated it and talked about its potential. People looked at that and said, you know, what's coming out of these tools isn't that great. And then ChatGPT arrives. It's like the image generators when we go back just a few months and things were coming out and people, you know, the news articles or people that I would speak to said, oh, it's not very good. You know, it didn't represent people very well. Oh, it generated a person that had six fingers. It doesn't do hands very well. Oh, I can tell that this photograph isn't real because the shadows are not correct based on the lighting in the photograph. And slowly, in text generation, we got ChatGPT. In image generation, the stuff that's coming out of the latest version of these tools is extraordinary to the point where people cannot tell that they've been generated through artificial intelligence. And the same thing will happen with tools like Runway. I predict that within just a number of months, we're not talking about years, we're talking about months, that these tools will become increasingly sophisticated and the output that emerges, you won't be able to tell that it was generated using artificial intelligence, which again unlocks huge potential, opportunity for creativity. Think about our students now. Maybe you've got someone taking film and learning to become a filmmaker. And they've shot all kinds of film. You know, if I think of our own extraordinary film program at the school, um, teachers that are just passionate about film and students that are learning so much and creating some really interesting um, outputs, uh, interesting films, short films. And remember our innovation center is going to have a media recording film studio in it. Now imagine adding this as a component. So somebody's filming, right? I've always talked about how I'd love to see, let's say, a student that wants to do animation. Why can't we bring that student together with students in the film program? Just like you see in Hollywood blockbusters where animation, think of, you know, Marvel movies and Star Wars movies and Lord of the Rings and all of these movies that have integrated animation um, seamlessly into live action films. You know, I've always had that hope 
to see that here uh, at our school. Well, now you've got another very interesting component. You could have, let's say, a group of students that's working on a film and they're, they're filming with cameras, but then they go and generate a scene, something that they might not be able to film. You know, um, a person that's walking down the street in Paris and bends over to pick up a book that's lying in the street. You could type that into a tool like Runway and it generates that scene for you and you integrate that into your film seamlessly. So perhaps the individual is walking in Paris and you see the sights of Paris and you see that artificially generated person from a distance leaning, leaning over, picking up a book from the sidewalk. And then you integrate that scene seamlessly with one of our student actors that is holding the book in their hand, a close-up shot, and looking at it. I'm, I'm giving you an example, a hypothetical example. But there is real potential for this type of tool to be integrated into the learning experience. And I think it's important for us to do that because these are the tools that will be available to students once they leave Branksome Hall. If they pursue filmmaking, for instance, in their post-secondary. But again, it can be used for many things. It doesn't have to just be restricted to film. You know, the need for the generation of video could be, you know, give me a video clip of a historical figure um, in a particular setting, and suddenly you're generating something that could be part of a, a presentation you're making in a history class. It's really quite limitless, the opportunities. What's important as well as educators is that we do make our students aware of these tools because, as we've talked about before, the technology is neutral. And the example I just gave you is a very positive and good use of that technology. But we want our students to understand that the technology can be misused. And so when they see something on Instagram or circulating on some social media, a video clip of something, that clip might not necessarily be true. So we've talked about disinformation. We've talked about the real risks that tools like ChatGPT, when misused to generate misinformation, is a real risk and a harm to society and how we need students to be able to think critically. I gave the example in a past podcast where someone gen generated an image, a still image, a photograph of the Pentagon on fire. Not a real image. A fabrication. And we want our students to be able to pause that moment from when you see something and you're going to react or form a judgment or pass it along. We want students to develop that skill of looking at things critically, to investigate, to inquire, to confirm and validate. And this emergence of artificial intelligence generated, AI generated video content just takes it to the next level. That ability to be able to critically look at something and say, let me just make sure that this is real. 
before I pass it on to a hundred of my followers. Now you're spreading misinformation, right? And so I think this is important um, skill, important awareness for us to build into the learning experience for our students. Coupled with the really great opportunities and uses for this type of technology. And as educators, to look at this technology and not say, oh, you know, the output that's being generated is terrible, and to dismiss it. To understand that it is rapidly going to continue to improve over the coming months, and that a year from now, this will be a standard type of tool or capability, again, built into standard everyday tools. This is what's, these artificial intelligence tools are democratizing these types of outputs. You know, to be able to do an animation, you know, needs a certain level of, of real technical and artistic skill, a certain level of that, to know how to use tools like Blender or Maya. The ability to, let's say, generate video that has been edif edited. Think about, again, the things we see in Hollywood where we've got an actor who uh, is on, you know, has been filmed, but then they, they overlay uh, a digital uh, avatar or person. There's lots of movies that we've seen where this has happened. That takes sophisticated equipment, it takes a lot of time, and it takes uh, very, very specialized skills to do that. But with the advent of artificial intelligence, it's democratizing. Now anybody can do that. You have to learn the skill of crafting your prompt, yes. You have to craft and hone the skill of how to integrate video clips, yes. That is the, that is the stuff that you learn through a film program, for instance, like the one we have at Branksome Hall. But accessing those clips, having those resources available, is becoming very, very easy. And then to me, there's, again, real excitement because I think it will unlock all kinds of creativity, all kinds of different levels of student engagement will emerge because you'll have students that have these different tools to draw on. But it also, you know, opens up this, this downside. And it also really has the potential to disrupt the learning. And by disrupt, I mean change the way we've been doing it. If we don't adapt, if we don't incorporate this technology, if we don't evolve what we teach, how we teach, we again risk becoming irrelevant in the, in the eyes of our students and in the needs of our students. So check that out, uh, Runway. You can download it. It's an app that you can run on your iPhone, believe it or not. I put together this short little 15-second video clip um, where I put a, a series of prompts and then strung them together using iMovie, very simple video editing tool on a Mac. And then created this, this cool little clip. I added an audio um, track to it. And it was, 
these wizards that were battling a series of werewolves. Again, I like this kind of, you know, fantasy Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter type type stuff. And so I was experimenting. And the little clip that came out is pretty cool. Again, not perfect, but pretty cool. And everyone that I've shown it to sort of looks at it. And the first thing is they say, you didn't, how'd you generate this? You didn't generate this. How'd you do this? Uh, and then, of course, you see the, the gaps in the technology, weird stuff that's happening uh, through the use of this technology. But go, go and take a look at it. As educators, it's our, our, um, our opportunity and our responsibility to start exploring these tools, understanding them, their capabilities and limitations, and in turn, incorporating them where it makes sense. And to be prepared to understand where these might fit when they become really sophisticated over the next three, six, eight, twelve months. If you do do anything interesting with uh, this tool that you'd like to share with me, as always, drop me a line. Absolutely love hearing from listeners. That brings us to the end of our episode for this week, June the 16th. I will let you roll into the rest of your Friday, or depending on when you're listening to this, just get on with the rest of your day or the next podcast that might be in your queue. Thank you so much for joining me as always. I want to wish all of our Branksome teachers a great upcoming weekend. I know that many of you are marking exams, uh, marking final assessments, um, and getting report cards ready, uh, you know, filling our report card system, writing those comments for students. And so for all that you do for the students, I'm always just in such awe. And I know that at this time of year, it is a busy uh, period of wrap up. And so I wish you all well. And to all teachers, again, not all schools are wrapping up like we are here at Branksom Hall. Some of you still have a couple of weeks to go. But again, to all of you educators for all the work that gets done, the hard work that gets done at the end of the year to really culminate, you know, the student learning experience. Um, thank you to all of you. And to all of you students, the Branksom students, have a terrific summer a fabulous summer with whatever you might be doing. Again, the GarageCast will continue to run over uh, the summer because we still have a couple of weeks uh, with educators on campus. Our students are gone, but our educators are with us for a, a little while more. I'm going to continue to do just some regular GarageCast episodes, but then I've got eight really fun, exciting summer uh, series and I'll talk about um, in the last kind of official garage cast of June. And in July, we'll kick off a very special summer series that uh, will roll out um, during the break. I am Michael Iani Polarchio, grateful as always uh, to have you have here on the garage cast. Until we connect again next week, stay well, everybody, stay curious. Stay innovative. And until we are together again, let me just say, ciao.